Hey cruisers. You know what that is? That's a that's a homage. Homage. That's a homage to our guest. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. As we said, we are pumped about this show because we have Sherry from Cruise Tips TV on Skype and she'll be touching base on uh, many things cruising related, but the main topic on that front would be her recent trip aboard MSC Seaside. Her and the family got a nice full week aboard what is the newest and most talked about ship at sea right now. So if you want to hear the real deal, you won't want to miss this. As always, we have the cruise news and your emails. I want to keep them coming. So shoot any questions, concerns, comments, or corrections over to Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or just say hi. Can't we just say hi anymore nowadays during these times? Dare I say in this climate? Also, check us out on Instagram. Just search alwaysbebooked. Uh, Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes and When you think about going on that next cruise and you want to have someone who is average at best at the technical end of travel agency, but will deliver the passion, the experience, and the flat-out relentless pursuit of the best deal possible based on your criteria, hit me up at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or leave a voicemail at 323-GETAWAY and we'll hook you guys up as best as possible. Now, guys... We are at 30 for the Patreon. You know what that means. It's just 20 away from announcing the group cruise, and it's happening fast. Start throwing me suggestions if you want, because at this rate, it looks like this thing is going to happen. Where do you guys want to go? Eastern, Western, you know, St. Somewhere, St. Elsewhere, Cozumel, Key West. Should we do Canada for a group cruise? I don't think so. Now, if you do enjoy the show and you want to support the show and you also want to get one extra episode per week, then go to patreon.com slash always be booked. Uh, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked and you'll have access to an extra show. Again, uh, you're listening to the official Always Be Booked podcast right now and that is something that will always be free. But if you want a little more and you have the means Please go pop over to the Patreon site and hook us up a little bit. All right, let's start the show. Hey, yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones because we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky from New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up because we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't got to be a 10 because we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out because we got the drink back. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the police from All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. We are back. Let's get right into it. I want to thank you guys for the support on the last show on the announcement and uh, those who listened to that full story that I just rambled on. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening for free right now, (laughs) you know, it is what it is. I, I really broke it down on the Patreon, but Again, like I said, that is you're not missing anything unless you really, really want to get into things hardcore. Other than that, this is the free show. We're really, really happy to have you on that. Um, let's talk quick about the upcoming timeline. Um, and man, this is going to be quite a whirlwind. I'm still at, you know, the burger joint over here, and uh, we are probably just over two weeks from making the move. It's um, 
it's it's crazy. There's a lot going on. I got about two weeks to train my replacement. You know, not that I have to, but clearly we want to leave things in the best position possible. So we're going to do that, and then uh, we're going to get the hell out of there. Uh, then I'm going to have a, a a couple of days to pack, and then I don't know if I met. I think I mentioned this on Facebook. I don't know did I mention it before, but. Uh, you know, I would always wonder, you know, after the first Royal Caribbean Oasis of the Seas trip, I felt like I really kind of went in from a gambling standpoint. I don't know, maybe, you know, not in for certain people, but for me, I, I kind of went on the heavier side. I'm just saying I have gotten a lot more from a perk standpoint for playing a lot less in other cruise lines. And then out of nowhere, within a whirlwind, Royal Caribbean steps up to the plate. I open up my email. And I'm like, holy crap, what are we doing here? It says a free cruise in the Harmony of the Seas. And, you know, you get a lot of cruise email if you're like me. And, you know, you're wondering if what's real or what's legit, if it's a marketing scheme or whatever. But it is from Royal Caribbean, and it does say free cruise. So I'm like, all right, let's check it out. So uh, it, it offered four dates. I called up right away. You know, you don't play around with something like that. A free cruise in the Harmony of the Seas, you get right into it. So that's what I did. And when I looked it up, it uh, said there was two Eastern Caribbean sailings and two Western Caribbean sailings. And they were basically like within the next 60 days. So I called up and the woman, I gave her the offer code and the woman said, yes, you are right. You are uh, eligible for this. I'm like, wow, this is legitimate. So uh, the first two were already booked out. So I guess they offered this out to a good a good amount of people, I guess, uh, you know, casino-wise, because this is a casino offer. And uh, the Eastern Caribbeans were swallowed up right away. So there was only two left, and that was um, one, two in September that were going to be uh, Western Caribbean, but a pretty good Western Caribbean itinerary, a Labadee, a Falmouth, Jamaica. And the third one is what is a uh, – what's the third one again? Um, uh, Cozumel, Mexico. So decent. You know what I mean? I'll take it. But that Harmony of the Seas and the room is a Central Park facing uh, picture window. So no balcony, but you know, and this is free. So I called up orders. Yeah, obviously, you got to pay port charges. So it was like $211, $220, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I am pumped about that. And that is going to have to happen September 1st based on what was available. So I'm moving. October, well, what I, it was September, I was moving August 1st. I was probably going to leave around August 1st. Now I'm going to get there for August 1st. And uh, that means I got to leave it August 30th. So insane whirlwind. I mean, that was really, really cool to happen. I'm going to get a lot of work done on that. I'm going to get a lot of good content for you guys on that cruise. And then I get off that ship. Um, oh, yeah, see, now I think I did mention this. Maybe I mentioned it on the Patreon. So I get off that ship, and that is done on the 8th. So I'm off on the 8th. I'm supposed to go to Tampa on the 9th for a ship inspection. Inspection means tour, I guess, and just that's just the term they use. In Tampa on the Carnival Miracle. I was excited to get a bunch of uh, footage for you guys about the, for the Miracle. I still kind of think it might happen, but it might not happen. I don't know, because then I got the very next day, we got... Leaving out of Miami, the Cuba. Uh, so am I supposed to come back Fort Lauderdale, settle in, get everything straightened out, then head to Tampa, which is five hours away, for one day, little ship tour, and then shoot back to Miami the following day to head to Cuba. That's going to be a little bit of a whirlwind of a three days, three cruise ships in three days. I would love to do it just for the story, but man, Tampa's five and a half hours away. 
uh, do I want to freaking risk, you know, any car trouble, any delays, any, because I'm probably not going to drive, I'll do a shuttle or, or an Amtrak, any delays, I do not want to miss that trip to Cuba, I don't even want to put it in, in jeopardy whatsoever, what do you guys think, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, should I try to pull off this whirlwind, I mean, do I really have to, I could probably get on, I could probably get on something, if I see there's going to be some sort of a delay, I can, you know, if I got to Uber it, I'll Uber it, I don't care, I'm, I really do not want to miss that trip to Cuba, but just for a ship inspection on the Carnival Miracle, which I've been on twice, you know, but it doesn't matter, I don't have footage, so I would like the footage, so we'll see, you guys tell me what you think, um, I- I'm pumped about Cuba, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I know I had Beatrix on, and I know we uh, we talked a lot about Cuba, and and and, and Everybody who goes, it's like almost like Disney. Like everybody says, you got to do it. But I, I'm still not a hundred percent sure why. You know, everybody says you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. But then the very next sentence is, it's like going back in time. Okay, you got to give me a little bit more than that. Well, you might not have toilet seats. You might not have toilet paper. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Also, don't expect it to be like resorts and don't expect it to have like internet and cool things. I'm like, nobody's selling me on this. So what I did was, uh, but at the end of story, Beatrix was just steadfast. She's like, it's very hard to explain. You just have to do it and you're going to love it. So I did some research online and I did go uh, and see, you know, uh, um, rest in peace. Anthony Bourdain did a couple of shows on Cuba and I looked into Cuba a little bit. And yeah, and I listened to you guys, the Always Be Booked crew. You guys had some good suggestions about Cuba, but I'm actually pumped about Cuba now. I don't exactly know what we're going to do. Um, Joe is not a big planner, my buddy Joe, so he probably would just you know take my whatever lead because he just wants to be there hanging out. Uh, I wanted to go to uh, this little beach area. Beatrix said, you know, it's uh, it's probably best if you stayed in Havana because if you have one night and one full night, the best thing to probably do is to really, really take in that city. If you had the second night, I don't know, that makes sense. I'm probably going to take that advice. Uh, I did see that, I mean, this was amazing. I saw that they have a town square there, and I don't know what the, logist, the legal, legalities are as far as loitering or hanging out or whatever, but for some reason, these older gentlemen, maybe not older, but they looked, they looked older. Maybe just they don't have to be older, but they just happen to be. Uh, they have a license to stand in the town square and argue about baseball. And the arguments get so heated that it looks like they're going to come to blows, but they never do. But they're just battling about baseball, hand gestures, physical, kind of very animated arguments about baseball. Who should be picked for the Cuban national team? Uh, who are the best baseball players ever to come out of Cuba? They're just going at it all day. That would make me hysterically laugh and honestly respect at the same time. I But I, I just wouldn't probably likely understand it until they got to the names of the people other than that i'd be kind of lost but just kind of to see that and just some other things just a bunch of other things and uh, all these squares that they have and uh revolution square and you know that big long area that i see is look like looks like a walkway or like sort of like an uh a, a walkway along the coast it looks beautiful a lot of people gather um the ice cream parlor the funded by made by made by communism it, it looks cool uh the classic cars and just the general kind of eating loot that actually does look I, I was mistaken on that i thought that you really didn't have much options as far as eating anymore but it turns out there are some decent food options um so just kind of meeting the people and and listening to their stories and uh you know, just t- 
taking it in. And also at night, the Buena Vista Social Club or the Tropicana doing something like that in that regard. <clears throat> so there's probably tons of stuff that I'm really, really looking forward to do doing in Cuba now that I kind of researched it a little bit. Um, so it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy run. Essentially, I'm going to be packing for a cruise in one suitcase and then packing my entire life in the other and driving down, dropping off the life part of it, grabbing the su- cruise suitcase and going. It's crazy because this is the first time. You know, I'm a mover. I like to go to different places. You know, that's the advantage. One of the advantages to being, you know, kind of single and kind of, I guess, free. You can kind of pick up and do what you want, go where you go where you want, do whatever you want to do. And I do take advantage of that. But a lot of times what I've been doing the last few years, um, actually, I really only had a couple of moves the last few years, but I've been taking my stuff with me. Uh, for this time, I'm going to try to not do that. I'm going to, I said, let me sell my stuff on Facebook Marketplace, and that's what I'm doing. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure <laughs> of having that experience, but uh, I've got like 11 items up there, kind of larger scale TVs, couches, ottomans, uh, you know, beds, things like that. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Like you just end up being a broker all day because people have very lukewarm interest, but they still reach out and then they have questions. So you can find yourself in increments kind of peeling off 20 minutes at a time, just kind of, yes, yes, it is available. Yes, yes, it is available. It's about this big. It's about this. It's about this new. It's it's available. I live here. Yeah, you can come here, pick it up. No, I do not deliver. So it's just all day with all these items. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of action on them, but nothing has been sold yet. So in all likelihood, in a couple more days, I'm going to maybe drop $20 off the price of each item, and that's going to, you know, create the whole process all over again. So that's a interesting process that I've never gone through. You know, who knows? I'm hoping to get an extra. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's my crew spending money. You know what I mean? Uh, going into a new city and not having a source of income right away is something that uh, <laughs> it's a little unnerving. But, uh, you know, so that's going to cause me to maybe not necessarily be overindulging on both of these cruises, especially the first one. Uh, but we'll see where it goes from there. That's about it for me. That's all I got going on. Um, I guess we'll get into the cruise news. So Princess Cruises, uh, a little outside the big three, but I would still consider them maybe maybe a big five, if you will, along with Celebrity. Maybe also throw in Disney. Maybe it's a big six. Who knows? Either way, they have launched a fleet-wide new beverage menu in what they're calling a list of globally-inspired signature cocktail offerings. The brains behind this operation is master mixologist Rob Floyd, who you may recognize if you watch Bar Rescue or Liquid Chef. Um, Mario Sebaldi, who is the senior vice president of guest operations for Princess, says... Broadening the scope of our beverage options by partnering with notable industry leaders like Rob Floyd on globally inspired cocktails, as well as increasing our selection of beers, wines on board, are all part of our aim to provide guests with the best cruise vacation experience at sea. And with our new shareable drink recipes, guests can create their favorite memories once back at home over and over again. So Floyd went into the lab and the goal here was to make these cocktails sort of destination inspired, I guess. And it looks like he achieved exactly that. Floyd went into this project by looking up the specific destinations princess ships travel to and then bringing the cocktail menu to life by basing them around those destinations. So Who's thirsty? 
Let's uh, talk about some of these drinks. So what we have is the Mayan Heat. Is that like a takeoff Miami Heat? I don't know. Uh, but guess what's in that? Yes, you, you guessed right. Tequila. They will use Patron for that, along with some triple sec, lime juice, agave syrup, and muddled jalapeno, which I'm going to say... This I got a little. I got a little knowledge on this topic. I'm not Joe bartender, but I was a solid bartender, and I'm in, you know in the bar industry. But the way to do it is if you want heat. My place right now, the world to respect, tries to push this drink out called the Sriracha Rita. Now, it's on the specialty menu, but it quite honestly doesn't really work. If you want to get that heat in a cocktail, to me, you gotta get it from the jalapeno. Uh, I imagine it works well with the sweetness that you get from the agave syrup. We uh, we actually use that on um, at Johnny Utah's. We use that as a dipping sauce for our thick cut bacon appetizer. So you're definitely going to get it. It's almost like a maple syrupy type of profile. Uh, what this is is a margarita at heart, but it's sweetened up and served with a little extra kick via the jalapeno. And honestly, for me. Sounds delicious. All right. They also have the Italian Sunset. Uh, This has Aperol, which is an Italian aperitif that I'm not really that familiar with. It has Bombay Sapphire Gin, uh, lemon juice, simple syrup. And if you don't know what simple syrup is, basically just sugar water and some bitters. Uh, I'll be honest, this one wouldn't necessarily do it for me. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Aperol, and I'm not really a gin guy, so I'd probably sit this one out. But if you like gin, 100%, give that a try. Um, They also have the Mint Divine, which is Bombay Sapphire, again with this friggin' gin. Uh, Ginger beer, cucumber, lime juice, simple syrup, and fresh mint. Uh, This sounds okay to me, minus the gin. I would maybe just try maybe some light rum in there instead of the gin and a gin and i think that would be a delicious uh cocktail possibly all right they also have an amaretto manhattan which is bullet bourbon which yes bullet bourbon i do like amaretto di serrano i don't i don't know i, I i've never really had amaretto just on its own so you're supposed to have di serrano is like an aperitif too or a cordial and you can kind of sip that it's got a sweetness to it like a nuttiness to it um there's some sweet vermouth in there and orange bitters that sounds nice i've i've never mixed bourbon with amaretto but i would certainly be willing to give it a try at the behest of mr floyd's expertise on this one he's in the driver's seat all right uh you got to give a drink name to the mothership, and they do just that with the Princess Punch, which is uh, Absolute Elix. I think that's how you say it, Elix, Elix. Uh, and that's a super premium version of Absolute, and they designed that to kind of keep up with the Kettle Ones and the Grey Gooses. Clearly, those brands many, many years ago left Absolute in the dust. Absolute was hot at one time, but then it just ended up getting the better bad reputation with the uh advent of Grey Goose and, and uh, Kettle One, which have been around forever, but they, you know, they caught fire <clears throat> at one point and kind of, you know, made absolute, gave Absolute a little bit of a bad name. So Absolute is trying to um, bounce back with this Elix. Um, so it's got Elix, raspberry flavored liqueur, fresh lime juice, simple syrup, and ginger beer. This sounds good, although I'm not a huge fan of the raspberry stuff. This seems like it's almost like their variation of a mule-type cocktail, maybe. I'd definitely give this a try. What I'd like to do, for me, for my point, not that I have a choice, but maybe, they'll, um, maybe they'd will maybe they grant me this request. 
But I'd switch out the raspberry flavor some for some Grand Marnier or some Cointreau and give it that orange orange flavor. They also have an East Side Punch, and I like the sound of this as it is. It's the Absolute Elix with fresh mint, cucumber, lime juice, simple syrup, and club soda. Looks like we're doing a little bit of a take on the mojito with this one. Um, all right, well, we don't need to break down the whole list, but those are a few, and quite frankly, they look good. In addition to the new list of specialty craft cocktails, they are upping their game in the overall wine, beer, and spirits categories by expanding the list of what they will have available by glass and in the bottle. So if you're booked on a princess cruise, definitely look for all those exciting additions. All right, moving along here, uh, Royal Caribbean has introduced a new technology called Sound Seeker. And I don't know about you, this kind of freaks me out a little bit. This is kind of wild. What it does is allow you to upload three pictures to www.soundseeker.com. And then a process powered by artificial intelligence will analyze these pictures and create a mini video slide with specifically paired music based on colors, facial recognition, landscape, body language, and other factors to get this. Select a soundtrack for the picture and then send it back to you in a shareable file that you can put on social media or just send directly to your friends. Royal Caribbean describes this as giving you the ability to virtually DJ your life's most bragworthy moments. That's Chief Marketing Officer uh, of Royal Caribbean, Jim Barra. He says, Soundseeker is the latest proof point of Royal Caribbean's innovation and how we focus it on delivering unexpected, memorable experiences uh, people of all ages crave in new ways to share their best experiences on social media. This unprecedented tool, this is still him speaking, allows you to put a completely unique multi-sensory spin on sharing those memories. Now friends and followers can see and hear your life's adventures. So for this project, Royal Caribbean teamed up with a bunch of really smart people at Berkeley College of Music and and Technologists from around the world. And this tool was created. The stuff is just baffling. Soundseeker uses machine learning, which is an artificial intelligence technique that enables computers to simulate human humans and make decisions on their own without explicit instructions. 600 hours of listening to hundreds of musical tracks along with 10,000 photos matching each of the 2.5 million possible combinations of the two got them to this level of artificial intelligence. Holy crap, we are creating things that are eventually going to eliminate us. But hey, at least until then, we'll be able to share some cool cruise pics with actual music behind them. So, uh... Uh, out of control. Let's take it over to Norwegian. All that nickel and diming and all that categoric manipulation seem to be paying off big time. On the business side of things, it looks like the cruise line that puts the three in the big three is coming on pretty hard. But because of a lot of moving around and redeployments, in addition to just having an outstanding product, they are coming on strong. Uh, Norwegian is realizing some significant year-over-year earnings increases. Uh, You got to love that. And if you're like me and you own a little bit of Norwegian stock, nothing that's really going to move the meter, but just a little taste there, um, you're happy. I won't bore you with a bunch of financial info, but let's just say they're doing fairly well for themselves and look to only be getting better. Three of Norwegian ships just spent some time dry docking and getting a full bow to stern refurbishment recently. These ships we are talking about are the Breakaway, the Sun, and the Star. The refurbs are all part of Norwegian's Edge fleet 
wide refurbishment process. The Edge, not to be confused with the up-and-coming celebrity cruise ship. This is almost like a, I mean, how many times do we say it? For good and the bad, this is a copycat league, and if there ever was one, uh, this has to be a result of seeing Carnival's success with 2.0. As I said, I have no problem with this, just so long that it does not come at the expense of new builds. And with a loaded ship schedule release uh, coming over the next few years, it doesn't look like Norwegian is slowing down at all. So, all right, let's start with the sun. I get a lot of emails from third-party cruise sites, as you might imagine, trying to show me cruises. The last one I got was an email that detailed many of the highest valued longer cruises that are out there and that are available. That was really cool to get that. That was cool. I think that was from Shipmate. The one that stood out, coincidentally, though, was the one I saw that was on a 15-day trip on the Norwegian Sun that sailed on November 12th of this year. I just wanted to share, not that I'm going on this thing, but I wanted to share it with you guys because this thing is, is, is a monster. Now, the total for the cruise was uh, 2313 It's a 15-day trip, and the itinerary is just out of control. You embark in Miami. You hit up Florida, Key West. You get Havana. Cuba, you get Orange Stad, Aruba, you get Curacao, you get Bonaire, you get St. Lucia, you get Barbados, you get St. Kitts, St. Thomas, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Great Stirrup Cay, and Nassau, and then you get back on in Miami. I, I mean, I saw this not because I'm going on it or anything, but, you know, or, or not, I'm not trying to advertise it, but uh, it just looks like you can have a remarkable trip that you can, I mean, it's 2313 for uh, two people. Um, I'm not ruling it out just yet, to be honest with you. Anyway, talking about the refurbs. On the Norwegian Sun, one of the oldest ships in the fleet, she was treated to some new venues, including Los Lobos, which is uh, their Mexican concept. Don't get it confused with the band that sings La Bamba. They also got a Bliss Ultra Lounge, which is their nightclub concept, and they have the bowling alley in there. Uh, hopefully they put in the new fun, upbeat version of Bliss and not the one with the creepy beds and phallic statues all over the place. Uh, they also got a Spinnaker Lounge, which to me is one of the best all-purpose venues at sea. They put that in place of the Observation Lounge. And from what I always experienced and seen in Spinnaker the Lounge, it's it's a good replacement for the Observation Lounge. And you still basically have an Observation Lounge because of the big floor-to-ceiling windows and stuff like that. You probably don't lose much there, if anything. They also touched up and made some improvements to their already existing venues, including Tipanyaki, the Spa, the Stardust Lounge Theater, and the Splash Academy. I still can't believe they broke up with SpongeBob. You know what I mean? It's like he was never there. There's no statue of SpongeBob, no monument. We remember Bob or Sponge or Mr. Bob whatever he calls himself. All right, let's take it over to the breakaway. This was the last cruise ship I was on, and she looked great, despite running into a bomb cyclone just a few weeks before. She was treated to a brand new concept called Sin Norman's Poor House. Uh, They're saying this is inspired and modeled after influential rock and roll houses like CBGB's in New York City, which is uh, now a bank or a pet shop, I think. I mean, is this real? 
are they going to dress up the crew like homeless people and pass out heroin too? I'm wondering. It's, I mean, CBGBs? I'm sorry. I've been to CBGBs. Uh, you want to know what it's all about? And this is, this is a hard recommend. Check it out. This is a movie on Netflix called CBGB. It's great, and it gives you an up-close and personal look at the legendary New York City cesspool is basically what it is. I really can't imagine that the people who came up with the place have any idea what it was about beyond the T-shirt. It shows you what merch can do, huh? In the later years, I heard uh, that they opened up a separate warehouse just to make these T-shirts. If you've ever seen them walking around, just say it's a black shirt that says CBGB on it. And uh, they had to make a warehouse in New Jersey to just keep up with the demand because this T-shirt really took off. And by the end, I think they were more of a revenue-generating factor than the club itself. But really, check out that movie. It's CBGB, uh, or at least the trailer. Tell me if you want your kid <laughs> stumbling into that place if they go AWOL from the Splash Academy or whatever. Um, you know, SpongeBob probably saw all this coming. That's why he bounced. But uh, CBGB on Netflix or iTunes. Uh, iTunes, I'm not really sure where it is right now. I think I saw it on Netflix. Netflix changes it up, though. They'll, they'll uh, you know... They'll issue stuff and then they'll pull it. So uh, if you can find that movie, you want to know a really good kind of like taste of New York City in the 80s. The place was great. I mean, it it broke a lot of bands like um, The Police. It broke uh, The Ramones. Uh, a lot of bands. It, it was a legendary place, but it was really a dump and really just drug-filled. And it was a cesspool is what it was. Um, anyway, they also put new furniture on the Bliss Lounge, new carpeting in all the staterooms, elevators, lobbies, and staircases. You know, that's probably directly related to the bomb cyclone. If you saw any of that footage, there was water and leaks everywhere. Um, they know it's eventually probably going to smell of mildew, and good for them for getting ahead of that. Uh, they also fully overhauled the gift shop. And with that, we'll take it over to the Norwegian Star. She also received three new venues, which are the Sky High Bar, apparently uh, a tribute to Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. No, I'm just kidding. They're not. I don't think they're suggesting any drug use with that. They're removing their Spinnaker Lounge. I wonder why they're doing that and replacing it with Bliss. Yeah, definitely wonder why they're doing that. And they're getting a Spice H2O. That I recommend, but not sure if they're going to really be able to recreate it as it is on the Breakaway class ships, but I guess we'll see. All 1,174 cabins and suites were given USB ports. Love that. Uh, And all the rooms were given new artwork, carpeting, headboards, and select furniture as needed. They also made some improvements to the atrium, garden cafe, main dining room, and the casino. Uh, Probably a lot of people will appreciate that refurbishment to the casino because what is one of the biggest complaints on cruise ships? The smell of smoke that permeates from the casino. All right, that's it for the news. Now, sit tight because just after the break, we have Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. 
Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to alwaysbebooked.com or email me directly at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Always be booked. We are here. We got a special guest in the house with us today. And unless you've been living under a rock, you already know who this is. Uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV on YouTube. Welcome, Sherry. Hey, thanks, Tommy. And thank you to the Always Be Booked peeps out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we have a few crossover members that uh, kind of tune into both of our, uh, I guess, what would you say, our platforms? Um, <laughs> definitely. I could name a few. <laughs> definitely. So I was uh, noticing, I've been kind of following you for, I guess it's been a couple of years now. You've had a nice little spike in viewership or at least kind of participation. I was looking in that stream yesterday because I didn't know. I don't always know. I'm a little bad at keeping up when the streams are going to happen. So I did see that one was coming. Are you going to be in the live stream? I saw you post on Instagram. So I just jumped on the site to, on YouTube to see if you were up. And it said that you weren't coming in for a half hour. Do you realize people gather together about 40 minutes before your streams and start the uh, conversation with each other? <laughs> yes, definitely. There's like a good little pre-chat community. And it's awesome because sometimes if I'm running on time, if I've got home from the gym in time, I can pop in and hang out and answer some pre-questions and just chill out with everybody. It's actually one of my favorite things about the live streams. Absolutely, absolutely. So you are based out of California, and uh, I saw on the saw the, the previous stream, you guys are having a little bit of a heat wave over there, aren't you? Yeah, we've been over a hundred off and on for probably three weeks now. It's it's pretty uncomfortable, and thankfully we have air conditioner in our house, but it's not the most effective air conditioner. So a lot of times we can't get it below eighty or eighty five in our house. So we're just leaving. We just do our thing and then try to get out of the house and get close to the coast whenever we can i spent a few months in phoenix arizona and you know i've done all the hot stuff i've done the miami i've done the feed i don't care what you say 100 degrees is 100 degrees and that's got to be tough for any poor air conditioning system to keep up with <laughs> it's so true it's so true and i know that everybody has their argument about the dry heat and the humid heat thing but it's so true arizona heat is just blistering it feels like you could crack an egg on the you know the front of your car and cook it in 20 seconds it's so hot it's out of control so uh and you took a msc cruise i did want to ask you first since we last spoke i feel like possibly i remember we had a short little conversation and uh about uh ships over on the west coast we talked about how it was a little bit almost like a step stepchild situation over there where you guys were kind of getting just the refurbs and the smaller ships, very nice, beautiful ships with gorgeous itineraries, but the new builds and the, what was exciting and new and on the cutting edge of cruising wasn't necessarily finding its way over to the West Coast. So they must have been listening to us because since that, that's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's there's definitely a lot coming, a lot of excitement coming. Norwegian Bliss is heading down our coast for a quick little fall break between the Alaska and Caribbean season. And then of course we have the brand new carnival panorama coming late next year. And even princess is sending one of their larger and newer ships over here next spring. So definitely some more traction for the LA and San Diego markets, not a whole lot of change up in San Francisco, but 
we're pretty stoked. Uh, yeah, as you should be. So, you know, I don't know if there's been uh, <laughs> whatever. Somebody's voice has been heard, and I think that's awesome because I, I, I always like listening to your show and watching your channel. But I also love the fact that, you know, despite the fact that I'm on the East Coast over here, I'm happy to hear your guys' take on a lot of the big chips that are going to be coming out. So I'm excited for you guys to uh, be uh, joining into that area. So I, um, what else did I want to cover with you quick? Because we're going to get into your cruise. You were uh, recently aboard the MSC Seaside, and uh, that's just been a ship that's been talked about for a while. And now that it's up and running and hopefully out of where the, you know got out of the kinks, hopefully uh, it, it's kind of smooth sailing, no pun intended. But um, I wanted to ask you a couple other things. So did you see this? Did you watch this movie yet, Like Father? No, but I've seen a lot of clips of it. And I listened to your podcast where you talked about, is this the one where the girl gets left at the altar and she goes on a cruise with her dad? Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it looks pretty corny, but I would probably watch it. Like if I was on an airplane, I would watch it for <laughs> entertainment purposes. And that there's another one too. What is it called? Hotel Transylvania, the kids movie that's on a ship. I got to see both of those sometime soon. I did hear about that one. I didn't see that one. The like father one was interesting because you, you just wonder what, you know, Royal Caribbean's, um, what what their financial interest was in that because clearly clearly there has to be something who knows I mean but it was uh, mm-hmm. it was um, let me say let me just put it like this it was it was surprisingly watchable really it, definitely I you're right you want to use the word corny that's probably a very fair description of it however the one thing I'll say about it is it was fairly um racy you know what i mean it had a lot of uh you you would think with the with the subject matter being on a cruise and kind of like going straight to netflix and having the royal caribbean brand attached to it you would maybe expect a little bit more fluff or a little bit more completely family friendly friendly but no it's uh it has its moments it's got drug use in it it's got sexual references it's got tons of cursing and yeah i mean f words left and right oh really yeah oh i didn't know that yeah, I had heard about the um, the bride had hooked up with some guy on the ship. That's all I had heard, but I didn't know about the drug use. Now, let me guess. Was that something in Jamaica? Yeah, there you go. You nailed it. I think it was probably a spot. <laughs> I think it was a spot where you... Dude, where I was. Yeah, exactly, right? I, right think where that, uh, I think it's literally like every tour provider's obligation to offer you marijuana because we were we were um tubing down the right White River. I'm sorry, the White River in Jamaica, and the guide who was not our main guide, let's just put it that way. He was like a contracted guide for this particular portion of the tour. He started to kind of talk to my husband in this weird way, like asking these weird leading questions. And he's like, so do you drink? So do you smoke? And my husband's like, no, no. And we, I think we kind of knew what was coming next, but we cut him off at the pass. <laughs> so that, funny though. Wait, that was the tour operator? Like a tour, uh, was, someone affiliated with the not, tour? Well, yeah. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't come right out and say it, but we've been to Jamaica a few times and every single time I've ever been there's been like someone on the street just saying, "Hey lady, do you want do you want to yeah. smoke?" So I think that's I think that's the direction he was going because there would be no other reason for him to ask those questions out of the blue while we were just like having this peaceful float down a river, but I could be wrong. I I just think that I think he got the impression really quickly that we weren't interested. He <laughs> cracked me up, though. Yeah, but that's crazy. They probably feel like it's part of their, uh, you know, they're they remiss if they don't offer, you know, basically on yeah. people's repu- uh, people's perception of what Jamaica is. Um, all right, so let's move on. So the so the Miami thing. 
that hotel looked really, really cool. What was your, what was the name of the hotel you stayed at? Oh, yeah. That was a cool hotel. So that was in the Brickell neighborhood. And it's called Aloft or Aloft. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it, but I would definitely call it kind of a hipster hotel. You, they have like a DJ playing in the lobby to the point where you can barely hear the poor registration guy checking you in but it's still fun and cool um and they just have kind of a, a loft style literally that's the name for the room so they have just sort of minimalist but hip decor in there and they have some nice trendy um toiletries and it was really cute and it was a probably less than a 15 minute uber ride down to the terminal for um for msc a loft, okay, yeah. I guess that's how it is. If if you can pronounce it, it's probably not cool enough, right? I think so. Yeah. I think that's definitely the case, and I'm yeah. sure that I'm saying it wrong because I'm not cool. There's really only two 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 or three ways you can go with that. All right, so that's awesome. The Brickell neighborhood in Miami is really really cool. I've gotten a semi familiar. I've never been necessarily a Miami guy, despite the fact that I am a South Florida guy. But over the course of the last uh, year or so, a couple of years. I've found myself a little, a little, getting a little bit more familiar with Miami, and I've I loved it down there. And that's one of the sections of Miami that's really kind of cool. That's really taken off the Brickell section. Tons of uh, people living there, working there, you know, recreation, all that stuff. But um, uh, all right. So you went on an MSC cruise, and you were very, very candid uh, on your show about how they did host you on this trip, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, so now you're on Always Be Booked, so nobody's watching anymore. You can feel free to rip it apart. Go ahead. Oh, you're so bad. <laughs> no, we had actually had an incredible time, and I think I think part of it is we knew what to expect. You know, we had done a lot of research, and we knew that the the ship had been designed to cater to the North American market, and that they were working out the kinks. But I think that it's an incredible experience, and people really need to consider giving it a shot. And you know, you have to do your research. You, no cruise line is right for everybody. So I think it's still not right for everyone as every ship is, you know, every ship sort of has that disclaimer attached to it, in my opinion. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, an Italian cruise line calls you up. They make you an offer you can't refuse. And uh, I don't know. I just, maybe I watch too many movies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an awesome opportunity. And it was something we'd been wanting to do anyway. So it worked out really, really well. Yeah. All right. So first of all, this ship is amazingly photogenic. Is she as gorgeous in person? Yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful ship. And the thing that I love about it is that they have a ton of outdoor space. And I know that you like that too. You know, when you're when you're cruising, you're a lot like us. You like to be connected to the sea. And they absolutely nailed it with that concept. Lots of pools, a killer wraparound. You can't really call it a promenade deck because it's more like a walk that has um, the big buffet situated on with outdoor seating. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. So beautiful, a lot of very clever, different um, areas on the outside of the ship. But I would not consider them gimmicky. So if there was something on the outside of the ship, it had a purpose. It wasn't just there to look pretty, in my opinion. So I think they they really nailed it with everything facing outward. Um, That aft elevator that you've seen and the bridge of size are two really good examples. They have a purpose. They take you from point A to point B, but they're still just totally gorgeous. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of good imagination was went on in the, the uh, designing of that ship. As far as pricing goes, um, and I know you like you said you were hosted, but 
just w- looking at the pricing and pricing it out and trying to decide whether or not I'm going to end up on this thing or not, I, I expected it to be when I was, you know, because it had a lot of per- pomp and circumstances leading up. You heard about the ship for a while and you saw the renderings and then the actual photographs and you knew just with one look of this sh- at this ship, you were kind of looking at something different. And because of that, I guess maybe, I thought the pricing of this cruise was going to be on maybe on the premium level along with uh, Celebrity or Princess. I was surprised to see that it was doing so much discounting, uh, including the drink package. Um, were you surprised to mm-hmm. see that it, would, it, it seems to be hustling to get people on it as much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely did notice that. And I had been watching the pricing as well. And they have some really aggressive deals to get people on this cruise to the Caribbean. And of course, they have all their different experiences that they sell as well. So if you're looking at the pricing, you have to be careful because you want to watch to find out what really is included, considering that they have they have four experiences you can book to book into that don't even include the yacht club, which is kind of a fifth option in and of itself. But one thing that people had told me that I found to be true is that you can book into the Yacht Club or Aria experience, and the Aria experience has a lot of inclusions, for about the same as you could book maybe a mini suite or a balcony on a cruise going to the same place. So it's really aggressive pricing, and you do get a ton for your money. No, that makes perfect sense, and that's what it looks like. But yeah, I did find myself, I don't know, wondering, how is that class system it's not called a class system but a lot of people will look at it and kind of uh, automatically perceive it as almost like a class system did you um because i i you know i don't know call call what you want add whatever i have i just thought well i got to read up on these four different styles now that's one thing you know i got to get over that i got to just look into it see what it is but once you are on do you did did you think that that was an effective way to brand it we didn't notice it once we were on board i think that they're i think they've made some changes to the system for example it's possible that early on, people who were in the Bella level couldn't eat in the main dining room, but now I think they can. Other than that, there weren't places that you didn't have access to. Okay, it was more like As what? a cruiser, you have, you, yeah, you have access to the whole ship. It's really, um, you know, it, it, for the more premium experiences, there are areas that you have access to that other people don't. The biggest example is the Yacht Club, but the Yacht Club is like... You know, it's the, it's the equivalent of the haven, right? So it's it's its own complex. So that, if you're including that, then okay, okay, there's a place you don't have access to, but no one on the ship does. Only 240 people have access to that area. So we didn't notice it at all. Um, the only area specifically that I can think of that people wouldn't have access to would be that when you book into the ARIA level, which is the higher level, you get a thermal suite pass, but you could also buy into that if you wanted to, just like on any other cruise line. So we didn't feel the class system at all. Um, you know, there will be when you're getting back on the ship in a port, you will see a yacht club butler standing at the front of the line for people to get back on. And if you're a yacht club member, you cut right in front of everyone else standing in line and you would see it there. But otherwise, we just simply never noticed it. All right, along those lines, I've gotten a lot of feedback. I've had people write in because, you know, we've been talking about this ship for a while. Certain people have sailed on and have kind of just taken upon themselves to email me and give me their review of it, negative or positive. But I wanted to touch on a couple more things that I heard, and I'd love to maybe you could either enforce them or debunk them. Um, ordering drinks. I had heard that, you know, if you're not at a bar, if you're kind of like 
just kind of chilling in a lounge chair or whatever, and somebody's going to order a drink. I heard, at least maybe in the beginning, that process was a little difficult, whether it was a software issue, whether it was just kind of having to sign mm-hmm. their kind of tablet or whatever. What was the process if you were going to get a drink and kind of maybe not be at a bar? I didn't spend a lot of time in that situation, so we didn't really lounge by the pool and have that happen, but... Um, I never heard anybody complaining about it. If you, I always actually, honestly, Tommy, I think I always walked up to a bar or got a drink in a restaurant. I don't think I got one by the pool or anything. So I may not be the best person to okay. to give you a report on that. Makes yeah, sense. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. So uh, also, all right. So moving on, the main dining rooms. What I heard was, and we're all used to the main dining rooms where it's kind of like, you know, large ceiling, very grandiose, very comfortable, relaxing. Uh, Despite the fact that there are a lot of people in there, you kind of feel fairly comfortable, at least, you know, in the big three from my experience and stuff like that. I heard that uh, space... And walking area was at a um, you know, at a premium on MSC. Mm-hmm. I heard it was a little tighter in the main dining rooms. Would that be accurate? It's it's totally accurate. It's among the tighter and the more bustling of dining rooms. I have been on other ships where I've experienced the exact same thing. So this was not a first time experience for me. But it was a li- the tables were a little bit closer together. Would probably be accurate. And people were, um, it's not a quiet crowd. So people were really enjoying themselves. Families were were talking and laughing. And so combined with the fact that it, it, you know, the seats are closer together, it's loud. So those two things would be true. The decor is pretty. Everything is nice and very standard. They, They even have, you know, views of the sea out the window, just like most of the mass market cruise lines do. But you would definitely feel more of a bustling environment in there for sure. No, that makes perfect sense, and that wouldn't even bother me at all, especially being in the New York City area. Space is always at a premium here, and we're always on top of each other. You'll go Mm -hmm. to the new, you know, this place will be very successful, these nice new pop-up places that are just out of nowhere. Oh, I want a seat for two. Okay, seat for two. Well, you're basically in the lap of another seat for two right next to you. So, I mean, for for certain areas and certain kind of like, it's not not a problem. And, you know, cruising is communal. A lot of reasons, that's a lot of reason people cruise, so there's no issues with that. Um, all right, so moving on to the food. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, Davina. The Davina took a lot of hit about its food. I've seen, I've been in port with people on the Davina many times, and I've heard them kind of complaining about it. And maybe that was a thing where the Davina for a while was very aggressive in their pricing and trying to get American and locals from here to, uh, uh, to cruise on their ships. And I guess they they weren't. I guess the Davina itself wasn't, you know, didn't make this grandiose statement that we are going to appeal to the North American market. So what you had there was a little bit of perfect storm of errors where the expectations just didn't match the product. Um, on this particular ship, I hear the food is really good. The one thing I have been he- hearing is that it's a little bit repetitive slash maybe limited, uh, maybe in the buffet areas. Did you see? This? Did you find the same items over and over again? Um, we found the same items like you would on any ship, but I saw rotation. So I think they're probably listening and taking note of that. So for example, you had the burgers and hot dogs and all that stuff right in their own station and French fries which is normal you should have a station with that stuff in it and then you had a pizza station a salad station a fruit station but then the other areas had the rotating food the rotisserie type things they had an ethnic station Um, i had heard people say before that the ethnic station always had mexican food or tacos and that is true but then next to it they would have another type of ethnic food so we saw pretty good variety um one thing that's important to note is that we had four of our lunches on 
shore because we had so many darned port days. So we ate in the buffet, but probably total times we had lunch in the buffet was not more than two or three. But um, I thought the variety was totally suitable. I loved their salad bar. I thought they nailed it. Um, my husband and son kind of like desserts and they thought the desserts were really good. They had like eclairs and kind of fancy pants little desserts. And they had a, um, they had a European or what did they call it? Was it, oh, they had a Mediterranean station in the buffet. So just like they're serving the Americans, the hamburgers and hot dogs and fries, right? They had this little Mediterranean station where people could get olives, salami and chopped cheeses. And that was really popular with everyone. So I think they're doing a good job of, of putting out a variety of food. We we were pretty stoked on the food the whole time. Probably a, a product of, I guess, you know, you come off these cruises and I don't know, you get hit with all these surveys and then you get the survey about the survey and then the survey on top of that to end all surveys it's just out of control so i mean they'd be pretty foolish if they saw those things coming up consistently and and good for them it sounds like in a lot of situations you know we spoke and they listened maybe right exactly and one of the things too that's that's good that they've done is in the main dining room they've added that always available section on the menu so if you want chicken or salmon or i don't remember the other items specifically but you know you can kind of fall back on those more north american comfort foods if you need them and we actually liked that because sometimes it would be you know there would be things that we just weren't interested in like maybe it was all pasta and duck one night but my husband would just like really just wanted a piece of salmon kind of something simple and then wanted to go more all out on desserts and appetizers so i think that was a really smart move on their part was to put a simple always available menu on the left side of the menu oh definitely definitely that's awesome that's good to hear it definitely sounds like they you know did their homework they reacted and they uh fixed whatever glitches that were existing based on our comments i guess all right entertainment i don't know entertainment let's talk main theater they can sometimes be generic sometimes on cruise ships people have said that about them maybe you might want to say basic uh we know we switched out all the opera stuff and they installed more north american Mm -hmm. friendly entertainment uh but i'll just ask that can you talk about the main theater entertainment does it hold up yeah it i was shocked we had expected to um to find shows that didn't really have a storyline that were maybe they were you know they were just sort of trying to do their best with the with the north american market but we were completely blown away now we only went to two shows because we were so exhausted half the time so we went to a show called fly and then we went to another one called peter punk and they were totally amazing so one of the things that they do that's different um is that they you know they incorporate the different styles of things that Americans want. So you have your dancers, you have your singing, they're singing in English, they have the acrobats and they have the magicians, but they're definitely keeping the appeal for people who don't speak English. So if you were, if you didn't speak English, which probably way more than half of the people on the ship were from other countries and we heard them speaking other languages, you would still totally be able to follow the storyline. And they had tons of show times so you would get onto your little app or go to one of the little kiosks and you could pick between generally speaking like three show times in one night and that was super cool so for example on the first night they had like a frank sinatra show which we didn't hit but it was like a tribute to the big band era and you could either go at 8 or nine fifteen. that was the first night so incredible. My son loved it. It kept his attention. They were short. They were way more talented than I've seen on some of the more recent cruises I've been on. Now, um, if you want a longer type of entertainment, probably not for you, but we, we do not like spending a lot of time in the theater. So for us, it was perfect. 
And they, they, I think, I swear they had something every night. And the, you know, the only time that would usually book up was the more popular time. So maybe the eight o'clock, but you could always get seats at one of the other times without any issues. Awesome, awesome. And you, you were raving about the Michael Jackson, uh, or you, or you heard the Michael Jackson guy was mm-hmm. great, or you saw him? We did, heard. Okay. Yes, we did not see them, but ev- that was the one thing that we did hear people talking about was that the Michael Jackson show was insane. The guy was so dead on with his performance that people were just talking about it for days afterwards. So something that if you like Michael Jackson, don't miss it. I've never heard anyone say that it was anything short of awesome. Yeah, well, they smoked this fire, so that's probably accurate. If you have, sometimes just, yeah. things, just there's a buzz, and if there's a buzz about it, it definitely sounds like it's probably a lot of times worth mm-hmm. catching. Now, what about the roving musicians? That's where I think entertainment on a cruise makes or breaks it for me. I usually end up finding a guitar guy or a, or a piano person or... Or a, or a band that I like, and I kind of end up following them around the ship. Did you notice a lot of that, some real good side entertainment that would kind of rove around the ship? Um, I didn't see it a whole lot. Again, that was part of the problem with having limited time in so many ports is I didn't really pay attention to it. What I did notice was the DJ in the um, in the atrium. I did see some roving entertainment. I had a guy that would go, he was kind of a soloist, and he would play pretty contemporary music with, uh, with a solo guitar, and it was really good. Um, and I saw uh, one night I saw a band playing in the Haven Lounge, and they were really good too. But the DJ concept is pretty big on this ship, and really makes that atrium super lively. And we really enjoyed that. I was going to ask you about that. So it seems like there would be like a lot of impromptu, which probably not impromptu. They had a plan the whole time, but seemingly kind of impromptu <laughs> action, for lack of a better term, in the in the main atrium. So that that kind of I have no problem with the DJ. That's mm-hmm. cool too, as long as you're kind of creating some sort yeah. of a vibe or something like that. So the atrium was uh, was the place to be on a lot of nights. Yeah, it was, and you are right. It did seem totally impromptu, and, and you know I don't know if they were putting it in the daily plan or not. But you would be hanging out in the atrium, getting a glass of champagne or whatever, and then. All of a sudden, everybody would gather by the staircase, and there would be two acrobats just doing this insane performance on the bottom level with a DJ accompanying them. So it was super fun. It just made the the atmosphere was really lively, and it, it kind of, you know, it always just took you by surprise, and you would hope that you knew about it so you could be there to check it out. All right, talk to me about Jamaica. I mean, to me, Jamaica's just always been an underrated <laughs> port. There's just, to me, it's like... I don't know. People say yes. You can't walk around on on your on your own or whatever. The, the certain places are dangerous or whatever. You're dealing with a bunch of people who want to sell you things. I, well, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about just excursions and the list of excursions and unique experiences that you could have, I think Jamaica is one of the best ports out there if you do plan properly. What, what did you guys do? We thought the same thing. I was actually I wasn't really excited about Ocho Rios because I hadn't remembered having a super awesome experience there before, and I feel like everybody does the same thing. They kind of do the what is it called Dun River Falls. Dun River Falls. River Falls. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah we thought it was amazing. We did a private tour with a company called. Pete Taylor tours. So we visited this place called the Blue Hole, which is a series of waterfalls that you, I don't want to say you hike up because it's nothing like the Dun River experience, but you do progress up a series of waterfalls that have pools at the bottom of them. And then you get to jump off of a, like anything between a 10 and 25 foot kind of cliff into the waterfall pool and um the guides are you're assigned a guide to take you a party and they take your photograph with your own phone which is amazing they're willing to do that but you have to take you can't take anything with you that's not waterproof because you're going to get just completely soaked so your guide kind of 
navigates you up these falls and it's definitely very very active you have to be strong enough to kind of walk across a waterfall and if you're interested you can jump into the pools which was super super cool i pulled some muscles though oh my god it was so intense but we the whole family just had a blast on that one and then when you're done with that you're pretty tired so they take you on a kind of on a a little river rafting section which you drive to and then you get a separate guide which you're by the way you need to tip both of the guides so this is definitely something where you need to take a little cash um but they float you down a little river and the guy sang to us while we were floating on the river um it was super chill no life jackets no helmets and then you stopped at this little this little outpost where you go um just pull your um your inner tube up onto the shore and they have a bar and they have little things you can buy beers things like that hammocks um and so we got up there and lounged around in hammocks for a little while i got some kind of a jamaican beer i can't remember what the name of the fruit was that it was made but it was really good and then you kind of capped out the tour down there and then your guide takes you either to a little shopping mall or you can go get some jerk chicken so we did both the shopping was kind of a letdown but we went to the what's that place called it's like the jerk chicken outlet or you know, some funny <laughs> name like that but it was it was so amazing and they had screaming fast wi-fi so we jumped onto the internet a little bit posted some instagram stories there and just really seriously had probably the best day of our cruise we can't stop talking about it it was so much fun, and everything was really smooth in Jamaica for us. Um, when you got off the ship, we were there from, like, 9 to 4.30. They had two different buildings, so they had, like, you know, they had building one and building two, and one of the buildings is for people who have pre-booked tours, and then the other building is for people who need to find a tour. So you go, you tell one of the employees that's, like, working in that area what your tour provider's name is and they call them for you which is super cool so we never had to worry even with an independently booked tour we didn't have to worry about okay are we off at the right time are they going to come get us and so that was nice we never really felt like we'd left that little you know that little comfort zone there and had to deal with anything on our own we we're pretty spoiled no that sounds like a great day sherry now what what is what did i hear back before can you kind of like you know kind of skipped over it a little bit did you say you actually pulled muscles yeah i did i don't know what happened but when i was jumping off of those cliffs i think i was like tensing up my whole body and i could barely get out of bed the next day like i had pulled the muscles in the inside of my legs and totally twisted up my back i think it was like just bracing yourself to hit the water or something but i was in pain could be you know i mean i'm sure you just not every day (laughs) jumping 25 feet off of cliffs i guess you know that could (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then waiting at the bottom for my little son to fly off was kind of scary, too. But he was just a total beast. I don't even know where his fear went on this cruise, but there was none. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just keep that in mind. You know, Sherry's out there for you. She's out there pulling muscles, twisting her back, just to make <laughs> sure she gives you an accurate account of these uh, you know, excur- excursions, experiences at sea. So kudos to you, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> We do it all for the we do it all for the people, Tommy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, Mr. Sanchos is Mr. Ch- Sanchos. We know that. We heard about. You know, I, I definitely uh, agree that it's a beautiful place to hang out. For value wise, it blows you away. You have that kids' water park as well that seemed to be a big hit. But um, you know, it's a, it's a resort. They really nail mm-hmm. it with that. But let's skip over to NASA. So you you got a really cool tour from one of your subscribers. Um, you you what is it? What do mm-hmm. they call that? The dig right at yeah. Atlantis. Yeah, definitely. So they have the entire aquarium there. So they 
have the dig as one of the areas and then they just have the entire resort is kind of covered in different aquarium areas and they have an entire department of aquarists who take care of the fish who acquire the different um species so they you know they'll they'll bring them in and then they'll take them and release them after a few years when they're of a certain age this whole system is so much more complex than we ever knew um so we did a behind the scenes a very short less than one hour behind the scenes tour of the the you know there's this long amazing hallway that makes up this maintenance area uh so they had a fish hospital we got to go into the fish hospital and they would have you know injured species in there or there for example there was a species of some kind of fish i don't remember if it was a grouper or something that got too aggressive and they had to kind of like put it in solitary confinement um you saw fish fish jail saw them making yeah it's like fish jail so they're in their own like aquarium and they're being like secluded for a while. And then when they're ready, they'll put them back in with a general population. <laughs> it was so, it was such a trip. Um, and then they have the fish food making area and we walked in and it was like, they're like, okay, it's going to be a little bit stinky. And that is so true. Like, you know how you went fishing when you're a little kid and you yeah. like clean the fish and then you smell like that for the whole day. That is exactly what it was like. You walk in and there's this guy who's like this totally professional, friendly guy. And he's got like this, the biggest machete you've ever seen. And he's just literally hacking up a giant fish to feed the sharks. And you look up on the wall and they've got a feeding schedule for every shark, every ray, every single species of fish that lives in these enormous aquariums. And they've, it's all very scientific. Um, they even, the animals even fast one day a week to prepare in the event that they had a hurricane and they had to be evacuated. So you just learn all these things that are so unbelievable about the business of the aquarium there. And we loved it. And then after that, we went to the, uh, the water park at Atlantis and had a blast. Did you do the Lazy River? Yes, and it wasn't very lazy. Right, exactly. Like, at times it was lazy. It was, oh my gosh. And it was like the my son's like, Mom, it's not the Lazy River. It's called the, the Rapid River. And he's right. It is definitely fun we had a blast i could have sat on the lazy river all day with my gopro and just chilled out and you know had a beer or something but we we did the other water slides too same with me i I love that quote-unquote lazy river it's lazy for the most of the time and then you get to that one little bend where it's you know you're fighting for survival (laughs) yeah you weren't paying attention and all of a sudden you're upside down or something yeah you have strangers in your lap everything's everybody trading tubes (laughs) tubes are up in the air i love I, I recommend you know Atlantis like you like you touched on it is you're paying you're paying for it it's expensive but if you're, you end are. up in Nassau I definitely say you know do do Atlantis once do it do it once right I think so and one thing I didn't realize is that you also have access to that private beach when you're there so you go, if you're doing Atlantis get off the ship be the first person off the ship and the last person back because there's so much to enjoy and the property is huge but that beach alone is so beautiful and so tranquil in that little cove. We popped down there for a few minutes and kind of floated in the water, swam around, took some photos, but it's a nice break from the water park. I, I had a great time there, and even Nassau in general. I, I'm, I'm excited for you to go back to Nassau to maybe kind of see what it's like. Uh, have you, wait, you've done Nassau before or no? I have, but the only thing I've ever done in Nassau is Cable Beach and Atlantis, so I'd love to go explore another time and do some of the things that you recommend. Yeah. Obviously, we won't be eating any conch salad right now, but... Yeah, and maybe, uh, you know, really take, I don't say don't ride the mopeds, but really, really maybe take an extensive class and know what you're doing if you're going to end up on a moped. (laughs) 
you could not pay me to rent a moped. I'm not going to do that. I will rent a Jeep, but I will not rent a moped. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, we keep hearing about this whole European vibe on the MSCC side. And honestly, a lot of us probably don't even know what that means. Can you possibly maybe give us some general subtle things maybe that one might experience on Seaside that might be a stark contrast from what our experiences could be on the regular Big Three? I know we touched on some of them, but yeah. I, I don't know. What's, what's going on there? Are we dealing with a bunch <laughs> of Speedos? Do they hate us? I mean, what, what, <laughs> You're so funny. In the spirit of being dubbed oh. European, what are, what are some of the things yeah. we should expect to stand out as differences than from what we're used to? I think that I'm, I'm sure that this varies from week to week on the ship because I'm sure there's no crowd that's exactly the same. Um, for example, on our sailing, probably the most notable difference and what made it the most European experience was the passengers. So we were dealing with, I, I, I mean, I don't have a statistic on this, but I'm quite confident that more than half of the passengers were probably European. There were also people from all over the globe and they're speaking other languages. So that's the thing that you're going to notice. You're going to get onto an elevator and you're going to hear German, Italian, French, and you know, probably several other languages in the span of five minutes. So that's something that we actually thought was kind of exciting. We kind of had a fun time trying to determine what languages people were speaking. The passengers, though, yes, there were Speedos, but a lot of times you just, you really couldn't tell the difference between the um, the Europeans and the North Americans until you heard them speak. So, you know, you, you may have seen some subtle differences, but Yes, there were Speedos by the pool. We did not see topless women by the pool. I know that's a huge topic on this um, on this particular ship, but we didn't hang out by the pools very much because we were in the Forest Aquaventure Park, which is the kids' area, and there were zero topless people there. So as far as, like, aft pool and the other pools during the day, I do not know if that's a normal occurrence. I have heard that it is somewhat common, so I think something that people should be aware of if that's offensive to them. Um, I'm not offended the, by that, by the way. I'm just not sure. Yeah, no. T- <laughs> you are so funny. Um, the other thing that stands out, I really felt like there was a sense of Italian hospitality from the staff and the crew. So it's actually a positive. You felt a warm, lively, fun, welcoming Italian vibe. And that doesn't mean that the staff and crew were speaking Italian. All of the crew and the staff on the ship were speaking English. They may have been from another country, but they were absolutely speaking English 100% of the time unless they were making an announcement in another language. But there is a different kind of hospitality, and we liked it. We thought it was fun and exciting. Otherwise, I didn't really see any major differences. It wasn't like things were in other languages. You know, the daily program is, of course, in English. Um, you, you know, you really have programming geared towards the North American market, too. You've got a country dance class and a country game show. You've got folks and blues playing in the atrium. The theater shows are all pretty... Um, you know, pretty North American. Um, some of the twists I think that people will will notice is that on the deck parties, there would be sometimes they would do a lot more Latin dancing, which again to me that was fun. It yeah. just made for more. Yeah, you you would love it too. It's like it, it not only is it um, exciting and cool, but it kind of plays into the Miami spirit too. I mean, the ship was really built with Miami in mind as well. So. 
you'll get like at the white party, they would do the traditional, um, the traditional line dances that we all know. But then they added in Latin dances that people were going crazy over. So they wanted to learn something new. They loved the song. It was almost Zumba ish in a way that part of it. Um, but the entertainment staff, the energy that they brought was just unbelievable. They were so fun and they were right up there dancing and setting the tone. So I don't know. Does that kind of answer your question about the, about the European vibe? Okay. Totally. The one thing I did, I I had this question kind of, I guess, just thinking about the ship and trying to thinking based on what we heard versus what we expect. But also you mentioned something Mm -hmm. about just people will walk up and just cut you in line and stuff like that yeah it was interesting and i don't i don't know what to attribute that to so i you know i'm i don't want to say that they would walk right in front of you when you were standing there i mean that they attribute that to them to being assholes pretty much yeah that's that's more accurate than (laughs) saying oh because someone is some nationality i have no idea why it happened but here's more what it looked like okay it wasn't like you're standing in line and someone stepped in front of you it was like you were in a large mass of people waiting to go somewhere. And instead of people joining the back of the line, they sort of converged into the front without any hesitation whatsoever. Oh, so it's not like they're like, you're standing in line, they look at you, excuse me, and then they just stand no. in front of you. <laughs> okay. No, never. Maybe one or two times at the buffet, someone would do that, but I'm sorry. I've had that happen on every North yes, American cruise true. I've ever been on, right? Like someone just really wants bacon and they go for the bacon. Like that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. It was more of like a, a lack of queuing as we know it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, um, and I, I'm pretty sure that when I was living in Europe, I'm pretty sure that that was normal too. Another thing too that people may notice if you're from North America is there's a somewhat different, um, uh, what's the word, construct of personal space. Sometimes, not always, but in North America, we tend to give people like, 18 to 24 inches of personal space like if you're in the line at the grocery store if you feel someone breathing on your neck it would be very unusual right like that would not be normal there were times um on this cruise in port and on the ship when you people would literally be pressing up against you and for no reason when there's other space around yeah (laughs) yeah so i actually think that as north americans we just don't like that but it's if you know it going in and you think this would also be happening to me if I were traveling in X, Y, or Z country, you very quickly get used to it. But, you know, we have our we have our little comforts as Americans. And that is something that I did notice at times, not all the time. But, it, you know, I would have a lady like literally her her chest would be on my back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I wonder I wonder why. And I would look around <laughs> and there would be no there would just be no reason for it. But it's it, it, it was it's kind of you just laugh it off after you realize it. Look, just relax. You're just, you know, in a different environment. The New York City subway system gives you a little bit of training for that. But, you know, I think it's oh. a, a little bit. But it's it, that's almost like, you know, you, you already know. Uh, you expect another subway. You don't necessarily expect it walking the street, certainly if there's enough space to go around. But um, that, that's actually a really good insight as to what to expect. I, I really appreciate that. Um, all right. So that's it for the for the ship. What's what's uh, what's next? What's the next? Uh, not that you I don't know if you have a sailing boat or anything, but where, yeah. where, where do you want to go next? We're still kind of finalizing our next cruise. This year marks our 20th anniversary. So we're hoping to get a final payment in soon. And as soon as I do, we're going to announce something cool. 
Um, but one thing I do, one thing I have my eye on, Tommy, after this cruise with MSC is Norway. I think we really, I really um, set my sights on the Norwegian fjords. And it's something that I would probably look to do with MSC because I've heard that they do that area really well. So I'm looking at that. Uh, we're always dreaming of Tahiti. Um, someday, maybe Windstar to Tahiti is on the, the wish list. And um, we're booked on a princess cruise for next April to the Mexican Riviera on Royal Princess. So we'll see what happens. Lots of lots of possibilities, that's for sure. You got to get on some of those big ships, though, no? I know, I know. Eventually. Yeah, MSC, MSC was pretty big for us. Um, it was definitely, definitely on the larger size for our family, but we really enjoyed it. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, check out Cruise Tips TV on YouTube. Definitely subscribe. Uh, don't miss the live streams. I, I don't know if you even realize the gold that that is. I call them the fastest hour in cruising. Um, I don't know. Do you have a rhythm to it? Or you kind of just regularly announce it on your Instagram or whatever it is? Yeah, we try to do every other Saturday at noon. That's the rhythm. It's We're going to take a couple of weeks of a break because I have some travel coming up for work. But usually people can count on every other Saturday at noon or follow us everywhere on social media and we'll announce it. And then uh, what do you else have? You have the uh, gear channel, right, in the in the mm-hmm. merch store? Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a, a channel, a separate YouTube channel called Cruise Gear, where in early on we discovered that people didn't like us to review gear on our normal channel. So we created a channel that was all about gear so that people knew what they were getting. So we have that channel, and um, we do have we do sell T-shirts and all that good stuff on Teespring and Spreadshirt and uh, on our Amazon store, too. Awesome. How's everybody else? How's Mr. Cruise Tips TV and Junior Editor? They're doing really well. They're still kind of acclimating back to the time zone change, which is kind of silly. It's only like, you know, it's only three hours difference, but they're doing well. And Mr. Cruise Tips TV is editing as frantically as he possibly can to get these daily vlogs done so people can kind of actually see what the trip was like. So I know he wants to try to bust those out for everybody, but he's doing good. Thanks for asking. Awesome. That's another can't miss, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, when it, Whenever they go on a cruise, there is a, a, a day-by-day vlog and you could tell just by watching me not gonna bang those out in a half hour so it's you know they come up but this one came out a little quicker than normal or no did it well you normally don't yeah we really wanted to get the day one vlog out within one week that was it was definitely a struggle so we had to kind of adjust our schedule a little bit and just set aside some time it was it was not easy but we're gonna try to do one a week so I think it's a really good way too for people, you know, if they're wondering about the ship, if they're wondering about the experience, we tried to capture the surroundings as much as we could, not just our experience, but like what's going on around us so that people can see it. I think that's the best way to decide if something is right for you. Totally. No, you definitely pull that off. The The vlogs are awesome because you get you, you know what I mean? You kind of give a breakdown of things and you let people know what it is and where you're going and what you're doing and then you you know, you know, see the family. But then you also go into these little mini montages that I like to do too. But, you know, what you do in 20 minutes takes me probably three or four months. So it's um, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. But then you'll kind of go into like, uh, you know, it's a lot. there's a lot of visualness to it. It's very artistic. It's really – they're really, really good. So between the regular shows, between the vlogs and between the live streams, you guys got to check out what's going on over at Cruise Tips TV on YouTube. YouTube. Sherry, I want to thank you so thank much you. for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. It was a good time. Thank you, Tommy. And thanks for doing it so quickly while my memory was still fresh, too. I think that was a smart idea. <laughs> so I don't forget all the details, you know? <laughs> definitely, definitely. We'll talk soon. Okay.
All right, that was a lot of fun. Big shout out and thank you to Sherry for sharing uh, those experiences, uh, along with just some general cruise knowledge um, across the board. Always fun to have Sherry on the show. And now it is time, your time. It's time for the emails. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Please hit me up. Uh, also, 323 Getaway. Rob Murphy, this is an APB to Rob Murphy if you're listening. I want, I want you to call in more often because just being able to throw you on the show is hysterical. And we'd love to be able to get you and all you guys. I, don't, I really, really thought the 323 Getaway thing was going to take off more. You have an opportunity to give me a call appear with your voice on the show i'll put you right on there and we'll get it going but seems like yeah maybe we got some camera who are uh what's the phone version of camera shy the audio version of camera shy and uh we we just want to stick with the emails it seems like well we got plenty this week so let's get started tommy so happy to see episode 73 in the feed and learn that you will continue with the podcast it was a long dry spell between july 15th and august 3rd is there a podcast 72? I can't find that episode in the podcast app. I unconditionally and irrevocably dislike the new theme song. How dare you? Uh, the original was best. If you ever decide to change it back, change to the old theme song, count on my vote for the change back. I would also vote for less rap and more 80s, 90s, and country. Uh, in particular, Ocean Rain by Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, or keep everything just the way you like it because at the end of the day, so glad to have this podcast during my commute. Whatever the music. Awesome. Uh, is Chris's last name really Sancocho? <laughs> that is the name of a delicious soup in Panama filled with chicken, yuca, name, oto, white yam, corn, and herbs like oregano and cilantro. Uh, not, culantro, not cilantro. Culantro? C-U-L, not C-I-L. Uh, I named the veggies just to hear how you'd pronounce them. That's awesome. How'd I do? Naomi. I don't even know that letter. Naomi Ato, white yam, corn. Um, oh, that's good. That's a good setup there. You just wanted to hear me pronounce them. I like that. Uh, because you are so funny when you do that. You come up with your own funny Tommyisms like the Rickyisms in Trailer Park Boys. That's the second time in the show somebody said that. I got to check out the Trailer Park Boys. Um, I hope you make it to Panama one day. I grew up there with one foot in the Canal Zone side and one foot on the Panamanian side. It was a wonderful and special place to grow up. I recommend a book called The Path Between the Seas by David McCullough, which tells the story of the Panama Canal, a true wonder of the world. Best, Jamie. Jamie, that's a great email because... Let's just start with the most recent. I do have a fascination with the Panama Canal myself. I love that we were able to dig that out and kind of create that shortened uh, commute from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Man, if I did see some specials on it. They're not really that fresh in my mind. I got to refresh on that. But yeah, all the people that kind of gave their lives gave their lives because of disease and things like that to make this uh, canal possible how the french took a shot at it and couldn't do it a couple of times and then we took it over and we actually were really committed and we did do it and then the whole kind of um you know i guess back and forth political end of it is it panama's canal or is it our canal because we built it all that stuff is just kind of fascinating to me so i'm into it all right chris his name is not Sancocho. I guess that dish is just almost uh, in, a, in a big part of Latin America. Chris is, uh, um, you know, or his origins lie in Puerto Rico. And, you know, whether it's Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, uh, a lot of those, you know, island areas in the Caribbean and in Latin America, I think Sancocho is a dish that is spread wide. It, he, his mom was in town and uh, she made some. 
and he was nice enough to bring some in for me. I tried it, and I was like, Chris, your mom is an angel. That was delicious. So I definitely recommend trying some Sancocho uh, whenever you get the chance and, and some carne guisada. <laughs> but uh, what else? Okay, so you don't like the theme song, really? Jeez, Ugh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a blow. To each his own, you know what I mean. If I'm, you know, you know, you realize how much hate mail I'm gonna have to get to to change that theme song, putting all that time writing it, producing it, putting it together, sending it to this rapper, having him rap it. Uh, I get it. You know, like hip hop. I love hip hop. Um, you want more country? I mean, I think we do a pretty good balance. I think the hip hop people would say, "Man, you, you play enough country on this show." You know what I mean? To balance it out a little bit, I think. And uh, as far as the episodes, yeah, uh, no, I guess I just had trouble counting sometimes. That's all. No, nothing more than that. But thank you, Jamie. Appreciate the email. Keep it coming. And I'm glad you are listening and appreciating the show. It means the world to me. Uh, I can't say it enough. Um, Tommy, what's up with these people in the Facebook cruise pages? When someone asks about what to do at a certain port that they have never been to, there is always a few telling them to stay on the ship. Now, I get staying on the ship at a port you've been to before and just wanting to explore the, uh, the most empty ship, explore the most empty ship, but they tell, they tell them that there is nothing to do at a port or that it's very unsafe. Thank goodness for the many others that advise otherwise and give them great ideas from excursions to just a cool place to hang. I'm thinking they're the same people that say they had gratuities removed and paid stuff uh, in cash, I call BS on most of them cheapskates too. Uh, if we would have listened to them about Progresso and stayed on the ship, we would have never found the great local hang on the beach with more tequila than we could drink, although we gave it our best shop. shot. Hopefully you can weigh in on the topic and give us your thought. thoughts. Ken from Michigan. Ken, I, I kind of agree with this. Now, I know not all these ports are home runs, and I know, yes, some of them are dangerous, but... I do agree. If you've never been to a port, get the shot glass, get the coffee mug, get the get the spice, get the hot sauce, get get something, get the t-shirt. You know, at least get off and say you've touched soil there, walk around. You know, sometimes it's a financial thing and you don't want to, you know, not everybody can do a $200 excursion on every single port. So maybe, you know, I think you're pretty good. The cruise lines do a good job at any port. If you do book an excursion, you will have a good time and you will be safe and you will be brought back to the ship on time and in one piece. However, um... If you don't do an excursion, some of these are dicey at best, and you don't really want to spend too much time there. But I do agree. You know, get off the ship. Let's talk about Roatan. A lot of people don't like Roatan. Some people do. Some people don't. But um, a lot of people say it's not safe. A lot of people say they don't like it. It's boring, whatever. You know, they have that area, though. They have the area where you can zip line. You can get the Honduran coffee and all that stuff and, and, and check out the shops. I know that can be intimidating. So not intimidating, but kind of like uh, annoying sometimes, having all the people trying to get you to buy stuff. But I do agree with you 100%. Ken, um, I think you should get off the ship at every port if you haven't been on it. Now, places like, I'll say this, you know, you can argue... If you have a good four strong solid itinerary uh, uh, cruise and one of them is Great Stirrup K and it's early in the morning and you're out of there by 1 o'clock, you know, sometimes they have those 8 a.m. to 1 or 2 p.m. excursions or I'm sorry, port calling times. 
I could see maybe skipping it because you got a tender. You know what I mean? That's 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 a night, a little bit of a nightmare. But I still say get off the ship if you haven't been there. And then if you want to skip it down the road because you have a great ship and you want to, you know, you didn't love it, whatever, do it. But I agree with you 100%, Ken. Thank you so much for the email. Oh, Ken's got a side note here. Good luck with your new adventure. At the same time, you said you had a big announcement. Wahlburgers announced they were expanding to Flint, Michigan. I believe you had said you were working with them. Or was thinking about it. I was worried you were headed to Flint to open it. <laughs> Not the worst place to be, but it's a whole different kind of water than they have in South Florida. Yeah, Flint, Michigan does not have a great reputation. I'll give you that. Uh, I will not be going to Flint, uh, Michigan, I don't think. So, um, yeah, I do work at Wahlburgers. And uh, the no offense, the place is great. I have no issues with anybody. Donnie, Mark, new kids, you know. Blue Bloods, whatever it is, Ted, Ted 2, Ted 4, whatever. I have no problem with any of it. The food's good. Everything's good. But I am a fish out of water in that place. And uh, I, it's 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 not my cup of tea. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Hi, Tommy. It's Ben. Back from the MSC. I can't wait to tell you about it. But as I told you, I wanted to make it an interview over in New York in person. But now that I hear you're coming down, as much as I want to go up, I think I'll wait till you're down. What's your anticipated time of arrival down to this end? Good luck, brother. Ben. Big shout out to Ben. Ben is the guy who made that video. And uh, it was his first YouTube video. And for it being his first YouTube video, he absolutely killed it. Uh, he was kind of like had the backdrop of the MSC Seaside in the background and was kind of driving around Miami a little bit. And you can tell he's got a lot of passion about cruising and he wants to start doing the video blogs and stuff like that and doing the YouTube stuff. And, you know, <clears throat> if his first video is any indication of whether or not he's going to be good at it, yes, he's going to be good at it. So I think it's uh, awesome. Ben, feel free to post it again in the Facebook Cruisers Lounge or whatever. Um, but uh, what's it going to be? So, yeah, two weeks I'm heading down there. But then for the next two weeks after that, I will be at sea. So, and then basically I get back on the 14th, I think. And then life starts in South Florida on the 14th. But uh, thanks for the email, Ben. Appreciate it. All right. Hi, Tommy. Deb here. Congrats on the career change and best of luck to you. I'm the one that posted the question to you regarding the bars being open uh open a while in the USA ports. Since I posted through Facebook, I thought the name would be known. Sorry, my bad. Keep the episodes coming. Sorry about that, Deb. No, that's my fault, Deb. I I did it because it was known and it wasn't your fault when I transferred over to the Word document. I copy and paste and maybe I just didn't uh, copy and paste the name. So by the time I started reading it, I had forgotten and that was it. But I appreciate it, Deb. And um, you're absolutely uh, right about that. And uh, that's all my bad. All right, here we go. Moving on. Hi, Tommy. First, congratulations on your upcoming new adventure in Florida. I'm sure you have some anxiety about jumping into a new situation with both feet, but you will do great and you will never regret giving it an honest 100% effort towards push pursuing your passion. Second, I'm curious if you've experienced this phenomenon in your cruising history. Have you ever noticed that there's always that one person, that one person who is louder, more obnoxious, and more cringeworthy than any other person you encounter on each cruise? And then inevitably you continue to run into this person among the three to 4,000 other passengers you're cruising with? It's something that my family and I have made into 
into a fun little game. It's not malicious in any way, just sort of a private joke we have fun with. In our case, this one person is always named Janet. The reason for this name is that on one cruise, we encountered a lady who we what we would consider to be the quintessential New Yorker. From the perspective of a left coaster, she had uh, a Long Guyland accent. <laughs> the 30-year smoker voice, and the matching husband who looked suspiciously like a mobster. We met her on a kayak excursion in Grand Turk, and she and her husband didn't exactly take to the activity with ease. They were very, uh, shall we say, vocal about their frustration. It was difficult to ignore the scene they made, and for someone like me who tries to blend and go with the flow, it was super cringy. After that, my teenage sons had a... A blast imitating Janet with her smoker voice and accent whenever they could, and if I do say so myself, with great success. Please understand, they never did this in a public or with a malicious intent, but rather among our family as a way to memorialize the (laughs) the experience we shared in an otherwise great excursion in paradise. And it always brings a laugh and gives us a chance to share the memory when Janet comes up in our conversations. But the really funny part is that when we encounter a Janet on every cruise, she may not always have the accent or the voice, but she is always memorable and in some obnoxious way. And when we find him, her, we simply look at each other and say, that's our Janet. So have you ever noticed a Janet on your cruise? Just curious. And this is from... Uh, continue your great work on the podcast, and best of luck to you on your new adventure. I enjoy listening while walking my dog and commuting to work, and having you along makes the distance seem much less. A loyal podcast listener, and that is Robin. So, Robin, thank you so much for that email, and that's a pretty funny email. Uh, I'm going to answer your question honestly. No, I do not ever notice this person whatsoever. Uh, you might want to say maybe because I'm Janet. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Chris, Chris definitely might be Janet. Chris, Chris, Chris uh, called me out a little bit the other day. He came in for a drink, and uh, he was like, "Man, yeah." He didn't say anything at first. Then he was just like, "Man, yeah, I appreciate all the shout-outs. And he said it like almost like a, a sarcastic way because it's he's always being brought up when there's either uh, somebody getting kicked off a ship or somebody not only allowed to cruise or like in this situation, the first person you absolutely uh, reminded me of was Chris, who we uh, who we, who we could, he does have the smoker voice, but. Uh, <laughs> he's 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 a, a great time you know what i mean the thing about us is is new yorkers we are we're loud we talk a lot we talk a lot and for some reason call it what you want some people do it right and it's charming and some people do it and it's just completely obnoxious but we like we do we like attention you know we like being the center of everything we're always making that crack we're cracking that joke on the elevator we're uh you know, whatever you would want to say, like we're disrupting kind of like awkward situations with a comment that may or may not be funny. And that's just is what it is, Janet. And I'm, I'm sorry, not Janet, Robin. Uh, Janet is uh, definitely someone who 100%, you know, there's all sorts of people you meet on cruises. And I totally get what you're saying. It's not done in a malicious way, but it's somebody that's memorable. And you always kind of, uh, I guess, Remember them and bring them up and whether you're on the ship, off the ship, on the next cruise and you probably compare your different Janets, you know what I mean? Either way, I think we could all relate to our own personal Janets on board. Even if you're uh even if you are Janet, you know there's a song by Montgomery Gentry, country music. That's but uh it's called There's One in Every Crowd and it's usually me. So can't say 100% not guilty on that, but hopefully uh, I'm sure I was somebody's Janet at one point. Thank you, Robin. 
All right. Hi, Tommy. I've been listening to your podcast since March of last year while researching my Carnival Triumph cruise out of NOLA. I'm a Southern boy born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, but somehow I find myself listening to your crazy long podcasts with intrigue and curiosity. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. (laughs) So you clearly have something that draws people in unsuspectingly and keeps them engaged. So I heard your big announcement and wanted to let you know that I'm very excited for you and maybe just a little envious, LOL. I'm a 41-year-old IT professional that loves summer, the ocean, Disney, country music, and all things cruise-related. Well, that's why you listen, Matt. Uh... (laughs) And I wish I could drop it all and move to my favorite state of Florida and make a go at owning my own travel agency. I have a friend in Boca and love that area. You sound like a very determined guy and a real go-getter, so my money's on you. If I can do anything to help you along, leverage my technical experience or contacts, please let me know. I'm with you all the way. Godspeed to you and many doors of opportunity open up to you where they will be most beneficial. Matt, Matt. See, there's emails that come along. All the emails are appreciated, and every once in a while, they come along where they're completely nothing short of inspirational and almost, in a way, reassuring, showing you that you like what you that you what you're doing and the path you're taking is is the way you should go. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know if you you, you listen to people talk who have made it. Let's just say artists or um, you know musical artists or or comedians or actors or whatever. Who you know that's a very unglamorous role until you make it, and you know what inspires me also is that a lot of times you listen to them reflect back and reflect how they talk about the times when they hadn't made it yet and the struggle and the things they had to go through and the things they had to do and you know the crazy stories that have emerged from that. And very, very often, more often than not, they look back on those times and say, you know what, that's when I was really happy. Have you ever heard them say that? I, I mean, I have. I have more than once, uh, more than a bunch of times. And that's what you have to remember. That can't be lost on you while you're going through the journey. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. There may be a struggle. There may be times when I'm like questioning things, but you still got to push forward. But Matt, uh, that is an amazing email. And that's the type of thing that is exactly what I need and know that when you send something like that to me, you are completely helping me, reassuring me and letting me know that, uh, you know what, I think we're making the right call here. So I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you again. Appreciate you listening. Moving along. Hey, Tommy, uh, I've been listening to your podcast since day one, following on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. I got to say, you've been very entertaining and hope you continue with ABB for a long time. I'm an occasional contributor on your social media sites who, who, as of today, am also a Patreon subscriber of ABB. I'm a loyal to Royal Cruise Junkie who can't wait for the countdown to reach zero. I believe you always have to have at least two cruises on the books at the same time. This way, even as one cruise ends, you have the next one already counting down. Between my military career and pleasure cruising, I have somewhere around 450 days at sea. Love, love, love being on the water. On a side note, your, or on your Aruba episode, you read my Facebook comment about us missing Aruba on our cruise last April due to weather, and you asked me to elaborate. It was because of high winds. We couldn't enter the channel to get to the dock. It totally sucked ass because that was the Crown Jewel port stop on our southern route we were looking most forward to, 
but we also understand there is no controlling Mother Nature. Oh, well, we will put Aruba on the radar for future sailings. Take care, and as a Central Floridian who grew up in South Florida, I look forward to welcoming you back. Maybe somewhere down the road, we'll throw a few back together. Daryl. Daryl's always be booked legend, and from the start, yes, Daryl's been in the mix. We appreciate him so much. And again, that's back-to-back emails right there that are just completely inspirational. I appreciate you kind of... I guess being a big fan of the show and jumping on board with the Patreon, all that stuff is huge, but just listening and writing these emails are the main thing. A, thank you for your service and your military career, 100%. And uh, yeah, man, it's easy to see why we all love to just be on the water. And regarding Aruba, that is good information. I didn't know. So sometimes you think when you skip a port, you know, you think it's because of what bad weather or high winds or it's a a tender port. Uh, I didn't know you necessarily could miss a port because I guess there's a little bit of a narrow channel that it sounds like. I don't remember this, but it sounds like there's a narrow channel that you go through to get to Aruba so that, um, you know, if the winds are too high, it could probably push you in either direction, thus running the risk to uh, run aground and possibly breach the hull. Uh, nobody wants that. So it sounds like you took it with a grain. Uh, you took it well, and hopefully you end up making it back down to Aruba. And yes, coming down to Florida, and Daryl, whenever you're around, let's do it. Let's grab a couple drinks, maybe watch a couple sailaways, uh, you know, and start talking. Maybe we'll plan a group. We'll, we'll start the planning process of the group cruise. Daryl, thank you so much. We will talk to you soon, buddy. Uh, okay, Tommy, congrats on the move. I watched Like Father this weekend. I get a, I give it a four out of ten. Pretty sure Royal Caribbean paid for half the movie. There aren't many cruise movies out there. None are very good, but this doesn't seem like a total waste of time. On another note, can you get me... Okay, there's a travel agency quote request there, but I'll just comment on the first part. Yes, I watched Like Father. And by the way, me and Nick from uh, you know the, the last episode where we polished off that bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, uh, we're going to do a Patreon episode where we get another bottle and review Like Father. But just a quick little review here. I agree. That's a pretty good way to put it. I'd give it more than four out of ten. See, I don't. I think you conflict. I, I think you contradict here because four out of ten to me would probably be a waste of time. But I do agree with you when you said the movie isn't a total waste of time. It's a lot of fluff. It seems like I said. It seems like a little fluffy movie, like almost like a family friendly movie, but does have drug use and and uh, <laughs> and, and f bombs in it. So it's kind of like um, the movie's a little bit of a contradiction. Of course, I would imagine Royal Caribbean uh, was a heavy finance here to the movie but i sort of enjoyed the movie i did not go into it it's like going on the fantasy class you just got to go in with a very little level low level of expectations and then hopefully you're pleasantly surprised that's what happened to me with like father i thought the uh, performances were good the storyline was a little weird you knew something was coming with him you know why did he walk out or who was this friend of his that he kept referencing you knew something was coming with there and all of a sudden seth rogan ends up with some girl it was it was it was a little wacky and it was a little contrived and it was a little bit I guess predictable but at the same time not a total waste of time well said thank you Craig from Texas all right moving on Tommy I love the show it really is my favorite cruise podcast just a suggestion I would love to see you have more guests on the show for cruise reviews Uh, thank you for all the countless hours of entertainment thank you Justin, Justin, uh, we do our best. You said another part of the email there. You know I can't read that, Justin. Thank you, though. I appreciate you saying it. Um, the uh, 
we can when we get guests when we can get guests we do you know what I mean I operate this out of my apartment uh, there's not a bunch of uh, crews who's who's running around Manhattan and necessarily willing to or if we can get them on uh, are they able to scoot across Manhattan and get to my apartment and sit in the studio ideally uh, I like to do it as much as possible whether it's people who know what they're talking about in cruising you know we did have Doug in studio um, we did have Tanya we had uh, you know Sony in studio whether we're doing it through friends and I appreciate the fact that you like the guests so definitely we are going to have Nick back that will be a Patreon episode but um, you know we'll see what happens in Florida we're going down to Florida and with you know, taking on uh, a new chapter, new adventure. Maybe there will be some potential guests down there. Well, that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, like we say, Instagram always be booked. Um, iTunes, share it. You know, if you know somebody who likes cruising, likes podcasts, likes travel in general, please share them. Share this show with them. Um, what else is it? We're really excited. Like I said, we got a lot of things go up in front of us. We got the move in two weeks, and uh, we got two cruises almost back to back with a ship visit tied into the middle of that coming up. Uh, always please feel free to free, uh, reach out to Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you soon. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy It's a perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Sandwich cool, put me down, and when I fall on my stool, put me down. I'll just sleep there till morning comes round. With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas, and Bob Marley songs that I'm playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat.